Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. You're listening to the Jersey Ghouls. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. And you are in luck, everyone, because it is that time of year again where I make lots of corny jock jams references and we have March fucking madness. So today we, as always, have brought on two highly esteemed guests um, to help Jackie. I'm going to do the hosting gig for today. So we brought on Stephen Bay, one of our dearest friends, co-host of Analog Jones and the Temple of Film, and of course the one and only Matt Kelly, a person who has too many podcasts for me to even mention, but he is the head of content for Geekscape. He does We Know Podcasting, so if you're out there and you want to start your own podcast or maybe you want to make your podcast even better... Go reach out to Matt Kelly. Give me money. Yep. Do that too. <laughs> and if you're giving out money, I'll take some. Uh, he is the co-host of Horror Movie Night, which I, to me is like your OG one. Yeah. yeah. Your new one that I am both excited by and also slightly scared of, Pop Your Cherry with Mary Carey just dropped, which I'm really <laughs> looking forward to watching my curls at. Because, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so welcome to March Madness, you guys. And the topic for this year, drum roll, please. Thank you is human serial killers of horror now the word horror i'm going to put a parenthesis here some of these movies are like more thriller definitely more you know so we're definitely like on that fine line here um question sir did Matt we Kelly? avoid films about actual real life serial killers indeed we did sir in fact that's one of the many rules i'm going to give you because you know what fuck real serial killers yeah, not yeah. My that's time. not let's not glorify <laughs> that's right i refuse and i refuse to even really give that much energy to to real serial killers although i will say some of these films dabbled on the based on true storyline, which, you know, people are probably going to write me emails about, and that's fine. JackieGiorgiani.com for all the emails. <laughs> um, but here, so here's how we compiled this list, okay? Number one was they could not have any non-human powers. Correct. They couldn't be someone who came back from the grave, you know, have nightmare fuel, whatever the case may be. They had to be just straight human beings. Number two, they could not be exactly real. So it could not be like Ted Bundy, the story, fictional. Yeah. Right. No Henry portrait of a serial Correct. killer, right. things like that. No, because again, fuck real serial killers. My daughter just walked in the room. Fudge real serial killers. <laughs> Uh, number three, we did sometimes allow a pair or a family to come together. For example, uh, the Firefly family. There's just too many wonderful killers in that clan for me to choose. I won't make that choice. Um, I have a question. Sure. Ooh, you said good. that they cannot come back from the dead, but yeah. I definitely saw the Firefly family get destroyed by a hail of bullets, and then somehow they're still alive. Um, this is my world. Buckle in, because none of this logic is going to make sense. All right, let's, perfect. Let's just, let's just say that there we we avoided supernatural. Supernatural. All right. Okay. Look, I'm just I'm just addressing the questions that, that will come up. Come up. On the, yeah. Oh, there's going to be questions. And we I collectively, was... we collectively changed. You know, closed our eyes during that scene, so it never actually happened. That's, That's true. Right. Well, I was I was grooving too hard to that Skinner song. Yeah, I was talking about I was talking to Freebird. So. <laughs> 
And that's another good point. We are going to try and stick to the one film as tempting as it's going to be to kind of call to the rest of their careers in film. We're going to do our best to kind of think of just the one film, but inevitably, and I think this is fair, the rest of the sequels, like with the Firefly clan, are going to come into play. So that's okay. Um, so you might be like, well, Marissa, how did you make this bracket? Well, thanks for asking, Jackie. I actually made it by taking the box office number and the Rotten Tomato scores, both critical and fan, and averaging all those numbers together because I have nothing better to do. I was going to say, man, I would have just did a number generator. <laughs> <laughs> so the bracket, the, the ranking of these top 32, we made it based on a conglomerate score of those three elements. And so what I did was I stayed true and honest this year. This is the first year I didn't like fuck with the bracket behind yeah. the scenes because I am no pony in this race, which is nice. In previous years, I will admit I have cheated on the bracket to make my ponies. Oh, you're a cheeky bitch. I know you, you, this might be a hot take for some people. I cheat like the dickens. Uh, but this year, I had no pony in the race, so I kept it exactly as it was. So number one was ranked against number 16, number two against uh, 15, et cetera, et cetera. So straight up March Madness sports stuff. We had about 50 movies and 32 made the cut. So that's what we're going to see today. Now for our judges, Okay, I have a couple things I'm going to ask you, the three of you, to stay in, keep in your mind as you make your decisions. Number one, I'm going to provide you with kill counts, both on screen and off screen, the allegedly's of their kills. And these guys have big dick energy. A lot of them, I don't believe it. I don't believe their numbers, but that are off screen. So on screen means a lot more to me. And I'm going to give you their modus operandus because, hey, why not have a little fun if you're going to be a creepy killer? Um, now, I will also say that I know that some of these people do not technically qualify as serial killers. Three is the magic number, uh, usually, when it comes to actual serial crime. But you know what? Fuck it. It's my show. We do it with yeah. I have a question. Uh, another follow-up question. Yep. Okay. The kill count that you're giving us, though, mm -hmm. is just within the confines of the singular of movie we're discussing. Correct. Okay. Now, uh, again, with some of them, I'm going to give you a bigger count theory. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how true it is or not. So, again, when you're judging these films, look for that kill count. Look for that modus operandus. Think of their creativity. They're fun. Would you bang them anyway? Things like that. I want to hear all the kind of things going through your head. Um, the quality of the film should definitely come into play. The legacy of the, the, the serial killer should be something you look at. And of course, who would win in a fight? Because to me, that's a very important part of all this. Um, in the unlikely event of a tie, maybe somebody hasn't seen a movie or somebody doesn't want to vote, I will jump in and happily vote. Uh, you can follow along with us at home by looking at the bracket that will be in the show notes that I made. And also, there's obviously going to be a fuck ton of spoilers, you guys. So if you haven't seen the film and you don't want to hear things, you might want to skip that. Yeah, you can hit that, that 15 second skip ahead. Exactly. Button. Exactly. So uh, judges, any questions before we get started? No, I'm ready to rock. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Just to give a little shout out for my resources, because I did do a lot of research here. Uh, thank you to deadmeat.com uh, for all of the kill counts and all the help with putting these films together. Wikipedia was a huge help. Cinemore.fandom and listofdeath.fandom. And of course, Rotten Tomatoes for existing, and I hate you and I love you all at once. So who's ready to fucking make some judging on some Barge Madness? You guys ready? Man, I love to be judgy. Let's yes, me too. I'm judgy. Board for it. All right, ready? So bracket number one, side one. We have two sides. We'll call it one, two, east and west, whatever floats your boat. The good doctor and occasional chef du jour, Hannibal Lecter from 1991's Silence of the Lambs. Kill count eight on screen, but we can presume way more. Modus operandus, of course, is to kill and then have a little num-nums, a little cannibalizing, uh, and use body parts as needed to, to pull off your nefarious uh, schemes. Versus... Sperry Duck Cider donning douchebags Peter and Paul from 1997 or 2007's 
funny games. Their kill count, three on screen, although it's safe to assume they've had way more fun in their lives. And of course, their modus operandi is to be as douchey as possible with their torture and games before they finally kill their victims. So again, Hannibal versus Peter and Paul. Have at it, y'all. Oof. Uh, I mean, I've, I'm throwing a controversial flag on the field already um, because, I, you know, Peter and Paul, maybe not having traditional regenerative superpowers, did have the ability to rewind their own lives to keep each other from getting killed. So I almost want to be like, they don't even deserve to be on this list. So I'm, I'm throwing my vote okay. on the table right out the gate that I think Hannibal would eat the shit out of the two of them before they could reach that goddamn remote. <laughs> 100%. I do love how on the first first uh, fight here that Matt basically stabs the judge right here in the back. I've got a few more opportunities to do the same. Again, <laughs> none of this judge, you know, lovely competition. She does yeah. everything really well. She's getting yeah. credit, yeah. reference and everything. And yeah. Matt goes, you're wrong. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. you know what? This I wouldn't is, have it any other way. This is like a juiced up 15-year-old figure. <laughs> and, I, and you know what? <laughs> I, I will cry to my Russian, uh, my Russian coach before this is all over. <laughs> Matt's going to call bullshit on Peter and Paul and go Hannibal. Uh, Steve, what's your vote here? Well, if I'm going to die, I want to be a little educated on why I'm dying. And I want to know that I'm going to fill someone's belly. So I think <laughs> Hannibal just works. I think okay. uh, I think Peter and Paul are very one dimensional and apparently have superpowers. So, yeah, I'm going Hannibal. OK, I also feel like Peter and Paul really are like and don't get me wrong. I love both versions of funny games. Those are two really solid movies. But. Peter and Paul only exist because Hannibal Lecter existed. They are trying so hard to be like the new Hannibal Lecter with their pseudo intellectual bullshit while they're chatting with you with their oh, golf yeah, clubs and like, shit. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they remind me of the kids in uh, Goodwill Hunting, where he's like, "How about them fucking apples?" Because yeah. they're not. They're going to come back next year spewing the same shit from a different book. And you're right, they're pseudo intellectual. Yeah. I'll give you that. Jackie, your vote? I am voting for Hannibal Lecter because I thought Funny Games was a stupid movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was texting Marissa that I'm like, I, you know what? I said, Peter and Paul, I see their merit. I see their deservedness to be on this list. But in general, I thought the movie didn't know what it wanted to be. Like suddenly we're doing Ferris Bueller's Day Off and we're talking to the camera. Now we're going to rewind time. <laughs> and the fact they really needed a different editor because like, I'm sorry, I don't need a shot of like the people crying and trying to untie each other for like 10 minutes. Like, fuck you at all. Come hey, on. You got to get to that full runtime. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I can see why they were on the list. Yes, they are, were scary. They were psychotic. They deserve to be here. But I thought in general... Funny Games is a really fucking stupid movie, so get out. Fair enough. All right. Yeah! Goodbye, Funny Games. And I will say that just to kind of memorialize it and feel free to focus on the movie that we are kind of pushing off when we talk. Um, don't, like, save some of your good stuff about the movie that moves forward. Um, I, I personally think it's a well-made film. I think the tension of it all, I think having the badassery to kill a kid, all that good stuff. Um, and Matt Kelly, to, to your point, I'm going to say Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell. No yes. one would say he's not human. No one would say he has superpowers, but he can stop time. So uh, See, I would make the complete opposite argument that Zach Morris wields godlike powers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Hannibal easily 
for, uh, goes through. Goodbye, funny games. Peter and Paul are out. So number two, y'all, the second good doctor on our list and daddy dearest Dr. Genesier from 1960s Eyes Without a Face, Kill Count of Three, Modus operandus like Frankensteining faces and body parts, you know, for the people he cares about, versus unnamed killer, the Canadian tuxedo donning awkward incel from 1982's Slumber Party Massacre. Uh, kill count for the unnamed killer from Slumber Party, 12. And modus operandus, oh, penetrating pretty girls with his drill, baby. Does he have a name? I Ross. didn't. Ross? Are Ross. You sure? I didn't Ross. know that was I think Ross. Like, I couldn't find a confirmed name. So I no, I think it's like the beginning of the movie. There's like a newspaper. Like so, the, oh, like, I, I think that. I want to say like All Russ. right, we'll call Rush. Let's go with Rush and his Canadian tuxedo. So again, guys, this is Dr. Genesier versus Russ from Slumber Party Massacre. And remind, again, it's the original 80s. I'm going to go with yeah. the 1982 version. Um, you can certainly take into account the legacy of the films. Uh, I think that's going to inevitably come up for some of these, but have at it, y'all. Who wants to vote? Steve, you're up. I, I mean, I'm going to take the simplest path here. Driller Killer's cool. He <laughs> wins. Bye. Done. That's yeah, it. That's he simple. is really cool. <laughs> yeah, this is a tough... This is actually a, a tough one to me because I feel like they're both great for dramatically different reasons. Like, I think Eyes Without a Face is a legitimately incredible vintagey yes, horror yeah. film that like second highest on the on the list yeah, is number two that, that i also think doesn't it still hasn't had its full-blown like renaissance yet like i think that it's still like a horror film for like the film school nerd it's not like blown not up fair. in a big way but like slumber party massacre is like just fun cheesy 80s goodness but i also think that like you know, I, I know we're focusing on the singular movie, but stepping out of that for a second, I think the first one's my least, I think the least interesting version of the killer at the same time. So, I, I mean, I'm going to go with Steven on this one. It's like, if, I, if I'm if i staring at the two boxes and I'm trying to decide what I'm putting on, it's going to be Slumber Party Massacre. You don't have to read. Yes. yes. <laughs> yes. Steven was mad at the subtitles. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with a group. And my reasoning for picking the driller killer is because in Eyes Without a Face, yes, the doctor was doing terrible nefarious things, but it was almost like he was doing it for the greater good. Yeah. Where, like, there, there was the agenda of, like, yes, I'm doing these bad things, but once I figure it out, I'll save lives. He's trying to help his daughter. The doctor had an element of, I'm trying to do good. The driller killer was just like, hey, I found this drill. And these ladies. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there is no other motive that we know of other than he's just a psychotic killer. So, number party master right. moves so out. Dr. Genesier is out, and I agree. Au revoir. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, also, not to play our hand too soon, but, you know, I don't think that Drew has much more time on this, <laughs> on this bracket, so we'll give him the pass. We'll see. We'll see how it happens. All right. Um, so next up on the list, you guys, is Schizo Mama's Boy Frank Zito from 2012's Maniac, played by the adorable, but not so much in this film, Elijah Wood. Kill count of seven, including his mom. And his modus operandi is to kill and then scalp his victims. Versus deranged mama and giallo queen, Martha Manginelio from Argento's 1975 classic, Deep Red. So Frank Zito versus Martha from Deep Red. Her kill count is five. And her modus operandi is, man, whatever's clever and handy. <laughs> 
So I can say right out the gate, kind of looking at like who would win in a fight, like who is generally scarier. I'm going Frank from Maniac. Yeah, I I mean, I have an interest in, I think I'm 99% sure I'm, I'm going with Frank from Maniac, um, but I, I am curious uh, and and our judge can clarify this in a second. But you guys are the judges. I'm just sorry. Told. Sorry, our host can can clarify this. <laughs> is there a reason? What was what was the reasoning that we went with the Elijah Wood version? And so the, I I wasn't sure when I put this together. I know that you had seen the Elijah. I like that one better. I, so yeah, yeah so that's exactly. really good. I liked it. Exactly. <laughs> okay, I mean, I I actually agree with you. I think the the Elijah Wood Maniac is one of the top remakes mm-hmm. ever uh-huh. made. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Frank because it 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 does a lot of cool stuff. I I like that it's like that all POV. Like um, from a from a cinematic standpoint, I think that Maniac is the better movie. Um, apologies to Argento. I'm sure he's crying into his <laughs> pasta as we speak. But I, I I do think that there is something more terrifying about him than anything that happens in Deep Red. There's there's something so sadistic. <laughs> so yeah i'm gonna have a frank and i also think scalping people like there's just something about that that is just so personal and nasty like the way he kills is just it's gross and to go back to the original i know we're not using that one that is one of the movies that just makes me kind of vomit in my mouth because (laughs) it's so gross and so that is what i based it off of i didn't know we were doing the other one but um which is fine either way it's scalping and it's disgusting and it always irritates me and i don't like to watch the original yeah i think it makes me throw up in my mouth (laughs) well i think that's like i think that also gives a little bit of an advantage to the elijah wood of it all because like in the original one you look at the dude and it's like yeah that's the kind of dude who's going to stalk a bunch of women and kill them and scalp them but you don't think that when you look at elijah wood you see those beautiful baby blues and you're like this man would never hurt me plus he's only four foot tall so i mean you're (laughs) he's a hobbit for fuck's (laughs) you keep your tricks (laughs) i agree with you though this movie makes like maniac just makes me so uncomfortable makes me want to shower i fucking hate watching it oh you'll hate watching the the original i probably well, the original here's what i will say about the original probably one of the best head explosions that tom savini has ever done see that makes me want to watch it <laughs> yeah i would say it's worth watching but it's worth watching yeah, once, I, I, you're I going in for a it might be an 80s film but it is a sleazy 70s <laughs> grindhouse to its core prepare to take a shower afterwards <laughs> <laughs> and prepare for looking at an actor who doesn't look like he's taking a shower for a very long time <laughs> right who doesn't look like he's acting incidentally <laughs> That's um, an alley oop joke for Matt there. He's just like <laughs> it slammed up. <laughs> um, all right, so Frank goes through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. cool. So I am gonna say that I do think I'm always here for a, a female killer on the list. I find them interesting. I also think that Deep Red's a really brilliant film. Oh, I love Deep Red. Um, Don't get me so wrong. Cheers to Martha. Give her like I'm pouring one out for her. 
This next one's uh, gonna be interesting, but I think pretty simple for the group. Um, number four on our bracket is everyone's favorite chainsaw wielding hillbilly, Leatherface, AKA Bubba, AKA Jedediah, AKA Thomas Brown Hewitt, AKA Miss Face if you're nasty. From 1975's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And yes, I know I've mixed all of the different variations of him there, but I didn't know what his real name was supposed to be because there's so many different versions of his real name. Kill count on screen for the original version is five. But it's safe to assume there's been scores more. Modus operandus for him, of course, is his chainsaw, hacking up for the everybody's favorite secret recipe barbecue. And of course, new skin, new you, girl. Um, versus wildly convict and pretend popo, Malcolm Rhodes slash Rhodes from 2003's Identity. Loosely based, of course, on Agatha Christie's, and then there were none. Kill count for Malcolm Rhodes is nine on screen. Probably more to land him in the pickle he's in with, you know, going on death row or whatever it may be. His modus operandi, of course, is very varied with guns, knives, freezing people, you know, whatever's, whatever's clever. So, yeah, Leatherface versus Malcolm Rhodes, y'all. And I swear to God, I will stop this show if this doesn't go the way I think it should go. <laughs> I, I mean, here we go. Here comes Matt throwing yeah, so in a, a flag already on the play. Don't tell me he's so, not a fucking human. So we're, so we're counting figments of people's imagination inside their head as, as humans now, right? What the fuck are you talking we're about? We're talking about identity <laughs> in the John Cusack movie? Am I crazy? Yeah. Isn't that all in one person's head it is. <laughs> it is but it is presented in a way that they're all people. Okay, look i'm giving any excuse to just give leatherface the pass so we even really need to vote but yeah no i agree with you and again this was a jackie put it on the list so when jackie puts it on the list i do what she does that's me. true I, she's very intimidating <laughs> as a person there's at least five movies on this on this list that jackie said yes and i was like okay <laughs> <laughs> And that's what Jersey Bulls is. There right? we go. That's yeah. And I'm the one that also tried to get um, another movie. We'll talk about it. I tried to get it kicked off the list because I never heard of it. And she's like, are you fucking stupid? It's like one of the most popular horror movies ever. I'm like, well, I never heard of it. It can go off the yeah. list. Sometimes I have to choose my battles. I, <laughs> I love the... And- all the respect to you, Jackie. But I love the self-importance of people where it's like, well, if I've never heard of it, it can't be that famous. Exactly. I've had people make exactly. that argument before with me where they were like, they were yelling at me because they're like, who the fuck is Jason Schwartzman to be on a TV show doing an interview? I've never heard of him. How famous can he be? And I'm like, he's been in a lot of but, yep, uh, Identity was one, and I personally don't even think it's a horror film, but I, again, I just pick my battles. I also personally don't think it's a, a good movie. <laughs> oh, I like it a lot. Like, we're just going based on quality of film. Yes. It's going to Texas Chains of Massacre. But, I, no, I think, I think Leatherface is inherently just very scary like like there's something very uncomfortable to this day i i think that i think that leatherface will go very far on this bracket for no other reason than probably the most iconic first showing of a killer like him just popping out of nowhere with that hammer smacking some dude over the head and then slamming that door is like that's worth at least a move into the first round to me. I tell you what, it was the nightmare fuel of my my childhood. Yeah. That, that scene. For that sure. shot is that scene is shot so horrifying. Like, yeah. yeah, I'll <laughs> save my story later for Leatherface, how yeah. I was introduced okay. to him and everything. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about identity. Okay. Uh, Doctor Cox is in it. So I will always watch it. That's fair. I mean, I do love me some scrubs. It is, yeah, that's <laughs> and, fair. That is fair. And I wanted to talk about, like, I mean, this movie got matched up against a heavyweight. So, uh, you know, I'll call out. I love Pruitt Taylor Vince as the mm-hmm. actual killer in it. I think he's a fantastic character actor. But yeah, there's no 
no way this is like david versus goliath where uh, you know like david is actually an ant you know like i agree a couple of these were like that too and i was like oh well that that was the breaks so. yeah yeah if it was this david versus goliath where david forgot his sling and he was still <laughs> sleeping and- <laughs> <laughs> no that's fair and i you know i identity is an interesting watch i know jackie's blinded by her love for john cusack in this yeah and i don't like i said when she tells me to do it i do it and i don't ask questions but i do think it's a very fascinating kind of homage to christie's style and to the whodunits mm-hmm. and i i what i like about myself and this is a lot about my memory every couple of te- like 10 years or so i'll watch it and i'll be surprised and delighted all the time. <laughs> I, have, I have the dvd and i very rarely watch it but when i do put it on i'm like i remember about 30 seconds of this movie every single time it's like i remember the ending and i remember there's someone with a bat shoved through their mouth and that's as far as my memories go and then i'm always delighted <laughs> Um, all right, so Leatherface moves on. Um, just, Leatherface moves on. Yeah. But I will put my vote. You're going to vote? I'm going to vote for identity. I know oh, it's not going to win. Shit. Just on principle. So, because we made a big deal about me putting it in the bracket. <laughs> so let me ask you a question, though, Jackie. Because you're you're making this vote Should as the third the person yeah. to already vote. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Would that yeah. have been your choice if you were the first? first person to it would have okay it really would which is fucking insane (laughs) i was gonna say i I still adore you i would respect you a lot more if you're like i I know it's lost so yeah i mean leatherface let's 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 just call it he's he's a one-trick pony with his chainsaw at least in identity we had some mystery um did you not hear me say that he used a mallet <laughs> That's very true. I'm sorry. He's a two-trick pony. <laughs> now, Leatherface leather is obviously the one moving on. Deserves to move on. My my vote is merely. I know it's already lost. It's on principle. And I love John Cusack. And I love. I love. I love that about you. Me too. Yeah, I love that about you too. Well done. Well done. All right, Malcolm Rhodes, go. Bye bye. And number five, y'all. Paul the taxidermist with a penchant for furry cosplay from 2020's Wolf of Snow Hollow. Kill count seven on screen. Modus operators for me, and I learned this, this is a little bit of a hot take. Apparently the wolf claws were like razors, but they never showed them close enough because they thought it like took away from the mystery and like made it too easy on, like, Mm because the big reveal is that it's an actual human. And if you look at the costume, it's really cool the way the little razors look like claws on his little costume. And his sweet little wolf costume where he pretends to be a wolfie. So that's uh, Paul. And versus Richie and Seth Gecko, the brother serial killers who, thank you to Seth, affirmed my heterosexuality and history of going after bad boys, with from Tarantino's blood-sucking Rob 1996's From Dust Till Dawn. Kill count 17 humans, way too many vampires for me to count, although one website quoted it as 80 for Seth. Uh, Modus operandus, well, Richie's a fucking creep, right? Shit like gouging and raping and torturing. Seth is just doing what he's got to do to survive. Still hot. I'm going to defend him. I, I write a character witness testimony for him after we did dirty things for his court case. It's fine. Um, yeah, so hot brothers. Well, one hot brother. One creepy brother. Uh, the Gecko Brothers versus Paul. Wolf of Snow Creek or Snow Hollow was mm-hmm. the only one that I hadn't had a chance wow. to watch. Okay, what'd you think? I haven't watched it. I want to see um, Wolf of Snow Hollow. I know that I will love it. But yeah. when you sent me the list, out the gate, I was like, the Gecko Brothers are the underdogs of this. They are, if we're taking this very seriously from a serial killer stance, 
Quentin Tarantino's character is so fucking unhinged and uncomfortable and scary. Mm -hmm. Like, I think people forget how truly terrifying his character is before a single vampire shows up Shit. into that yeah. movie. Um, so, so I mean, if I'm not allowed to You're put it in the room, okay, yeah. but that's what I'm going to so put out there. You can try to pursue the judge. You but, persuade our judges. But I really that. think the Gecko brothers could go far. And also when I say their name, I think of Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he winked up. No, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love, yeah. And, and as much as I hate Tar uh, Tarantino for putting himself in the film, he fucking really nails it for some reason. Like yeah. just the awkwardness and the cringiness of that character. All right, yeah, sorry, Matt. Unfortunately, no, so you have I'll to sit this one, one out. out. So Stephen, I'm gonna head to you for the first vote on this. Well, you know, after watching The Wolf of Snow Hollow, uh, Jim Cummings uh, film there, I, I did like how awkward a lot of the film was. So if I'm taking that into the account of the serial killer, I liked it. But mm -hmm. I think, again, I'm going to talk more about who I'm not voting for, which is mm -hmm. The Wolf of Snow Hollow. I thought it was an interesting film. Uh, I liked a lot of the POV type or straight on shots that made you feel very awkward. Um, I liked all that. But, yeah, you know, Paul's hiding behind, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, a creature that he just made up. Uh, so. <laughs> I, I kind of like the Gecko brothers, you know, just being themselves out there, even though they are complete. Well, at least one is a complete idiot. Um, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, the other one, on the other hand, is like just dragging his creepy brother yeah. along in this entire ride. And then they bump into vampires. I do like them. I kind of like the renegade gangsters that do everything wrong and gorgeous. I mean, his career he, he's always looked him. like he's 40 years old, too. Yeah, it looks like a perfect 40 year old. They're like, how do you do this? And I don't know. So I vote for the Gecko Brothers. That's my vote. But I think uh, the Wolf of Snow Hollow people should check it out because I'm sure a lot of you haven't seen it. Yeah, it's a, it's a freaking, um, I really think it's an awesome film. Jack, I love, yeah, no, I really, really like that movie a lot. It was one of my favorites in the past couple of years. Yeah, no, it's, and and um, Jim Cummins' performance. Like, oh, I just, so the scene when he's yelling at his daughter after she's making out with the guy, and he's like, you're supposed to be home! <laughs> not making out boys and cars! That's me every day of my life. <laughs> and she's like, how come you're not asking me how I am? Because you're supposed to be home! <laughs> um, no, as much as I do really enjoy that movie, yeah like you can't you know if i'm voting for identity because i love john cusack yeah. um i'm gonna vote for um dust till dawn yeah. because i love harvey keitel so <laughs> also yes Jackie's logic when she votes. Well, I, I love that you sat down and you're like, I'm going to give you these kill counts. Yeah. I'm going to give you all these details. I want you to take them in the... I really want you to think about them. Jackie's just like, this boy's cute! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, and you know what the fuck is the real... Which one of the serial killers Jackie most wants to fuck? Right, is really right. one of this. <laughs> and, and, and what blows my mind is that I will get five emails of hate about me on this episode and, and people will be like, but you know who's great, Jack? <laughs> like, they'll be like, that fucking worse is so obnoxious. Who she thinks she is? Jackie's a fucking treasure. is now on our third third co-host <laughs> and you know who's never gotten called out in a one-star review any of the three co-hosts the previous three co-hosts but yeah. man they'll call scott, scott and I out by name. Yeah, all the time yeah, all the time <laughs> 
I get called out by name all the time, and I'm here for it. And meanwhile, everybody's like, but Jackie's like, okay, like a whole paragraph about why I'm the worst thing to happen to horror. And they'll be like, but Jackie's coach. I'm gonna give you, you know, I'm gonna give you guys an Apple rating, and I'm literally going to do it right now. Five stars, and the review's just gonna be cool, but Jackie's great. Jackie's great. Yeah. Everyone out there, feel free to give us five stars and then talk shit on me. I'm fine with it. Jackie's explanation of why she likes something is what makes it you know where she doesn't get a complaint marissa you'll come up with all these like little diagrams to come up with why you're explaining all of it can be picked apart really easy jackie just went yeah but i like harvey Keitel. how do you pick that apart disagree with me that harvey Keitel is not one of the greatest actors of our time listen i turned into gail from letter kenny and do that weird gyrating when i talk about this movie so nobody's just i'm not i'm not believe me i'm not coming at anybody to be more on topic I always like the bad guys that go slightly good. Oh, like, you know, like, you know, with Seth, at one point, I mean, Seth is a terrible human being, but at one point, like, he knows he kind of has to save the day. Yeah. The unlikely hero thing is always fun in the village. I'll so, tell you what, and you want to talk, all right, Ramblers, let's get Ramblers floods my basement every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so, so the Gecko Brothers move on. We'll save all our fun talk. Paul, definitely, like, if you have not seen Wolf of Snow, Snow Hollow, y'all, it is a fucking good-ass movie. Um, and, yeah, I think it's a, just the acting and the dialogue, and that's so good. All right, next up, y'all, you ready? Number six is another daddy do child duo bible thumping possibly demon fighting or maybe cray cray killers daddy and adam meeks i think it's hopefully i did right by say calling it adam 2001's frailty kill count is 10 demons air quotes there because i'm still not sold modus operandus is stabbing dismembering making sure the demons never come back um versus everyone's favorite foul mouth matriarch beverly stutfin from 1994 serial mob Kill count seven. Oof. Fucking modus operandus, hilarious domestic shit like a leg of lamb or scissors or a car. One of my all time favorite scenes when she fucking does the prank call with the fucking cut face, motherfucker. Like, literally. That's <laughs> yeah. me in real life as a mom. So that actually works out well. So this is a tough one, you guys. I don't envy any of you, uh, Daddy and Adam Meeks versus Beverly. I cannot believe we are sitting in a situation where this is the I'm toughest decision so that I've far, been yes, so far. So, far. so I agree with you. This is by far the hardest. So Frailty, Frailty I think is a masterpiece of a film. I think it's a movie that really for a long time sat in the shadows and is just now starting to get the attention it deserves because it's a solid script. It's yeah. well acted. It's brilliantly directed. Um, it's got nice twists and turns. Agree, but holy shit, Serial Mom is <laughs> such a good choice, and and if I'm gonna go with my gut, a lot of my gut instincts sometimes on this. I know we're supposed to be thinking about the characters and less the movie as a whole, but if I'm looking at those two movies, it's not even a like it's not even a toss up. I'm gonna put on Serial Mom, mm. but if we're talking about which Seems one, to be your litmus test, yeah, like, which one am I putting on? But, okay. but if we're going by who is more terrifying, Bev doesn't scare me no. nearly to the level. That the family from frailty does okay. so I, i'm gonna have to take a sidebar for a little bit i want to hear my my other judges talk this out all right jackie let's hear from you on this one I, i'm kind of in the same same reasoning of, of matt where like i don't know it's it's tough because i i honestly would watch either one of these movies that would be a hard call to pick which one i mean the thing with with beverly is why would it be her like why would the suburban mom be the killer you know like she's so unassuming that's what i but think she's on. so effective 
But I think what's also funny about Bev, and I guess it's the point of the movie, is that she's not even that good at covering up her tracks. <laughs> yes. she's, she's actually very easy for people to solve the mystery of. Um, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and throw my vote out. I am voting for the Meeks family. Wow. Because okay. nothing is scarier than someone that believes they're doing what God is telling yeah, them. Yeah, missionary to do. killers are friggin' yeah, terrifying. Like right? religion itself to me is absolutely terrifying. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna throw the vote to frailty. Wow. All right, Steven, you're up. Yeah, I mean, full disclosure, these were two of my dark horses. I mean, these were two killers where I at the very beginning when I saw this list, I was like, oh. Okay, this is these two are going to probably go farther than most people expect, you know, and like challenge the heavy hitters. And then you just threw them together. And I was like, oh, wow, because there was there was kind of like a collective hush when these two hit. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I agree with Matt, you know, this uh, frailty has picked up steam over the years and people finally, you know, seen it and realized how good it was. And you have Bev, on the other hand which, you know, my wife, this was the first time she watched it. We watched this together. And, you know, at the beginning, she's like, this is so stupid. This is so dumb and everything. And then she realized what it was. It was, you know, like really taking a harsh look at how we just love serial killers and how society treats it. And like his son, you know, her son, like making calls to make deals Mm -hmm. and everything. And I go with Jackie. It's terrifying when someone is killing in the name of God. And it's just a made up thing. He's just like, oh, you know, now God told me I could see the demons and these random people. Um, this is incredibly hard. And I kind of want to take a sidebar like Matt, but he already did. So <laughs> I'm going to have to put the money where my mouth is. And I, I, yeah, I got to go with the God part of it. Like if- that was, that was where I was leaning to. I, and, and it's, and it's only because I love Serial Mom. I also love John Waters. I think John Waters is incredible. But if we're if we're actually talking about genuine terror, like terror-inducing serial killers, I'm smiling as I watch Me too. There's no, there's no like it's such a farce that like as much as it goes against everything that I, I mean, Matthew, we just have to really to like. I just really want to give Kathleen Turner her her due and just just reiterate what what a brilliant movie I think it's Sarah so good. Mom is. I mean, it makes me laugh. It makes me feel somewhat like I, I love the movies that make me feel guilty about my what who, what I love, who I am. Like you know what I mean? Like so the Stephen, like you said, the commentary and the the relevance that John Waters put forth in that film is so brilliant. Her kills are so yeah. fucking funny and clever and cool. Like. Man, it, it's I, I get it, you guys, and I'm not mad, but man, it breaks my heart to move her off this list. She was one of my dark horses, yeah. too, to be honest. But I I, I I like in this movie, like like Matt was saying, like she's not that good because she gets caught. <laughs> but I like that we actually kind of see that outcome of she gets arrested, she goes to court. Like yeah. she's you know, so damn charming. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's adorable. She's adorable. Well, and I think too, these two movies, no matter who you vote for, you're irritating listeners because there are going to be listeners out there, mm-hmm. especially in a feminist podcast where they're like, <laughs> Don't eliminate Bev. She's Woman, one of the yeah. female serial killers that you know, like could just fly up the charts here. And then you've got the other people on the other hand who are just like, Yeah, but the people from frailty are actually good at what they do and, <laughs> and it's like either way just throw it up there because 
you're gonna piss off half the audience. So it's what what we do best of our yeah, that's yeah. Like people agree. If we if you are listening to our show and you're not screaming at your phone, computer, whatever you're listening to is, then we're not doing our job. We really are. Honestly, we're all screaming at Marissa, not Jackie. Somehow I'll be responsible for the outcome. You're responsible for our votes. <laughs> so, all right. So I guess Daddy and Adam Meeks move on and Beverly does not, which freaking crushes my heart, but fair enough. This one, I could not believe it worked out this way, you guys. Both of these films are from 1995. Both of these films are like... I feel like one is the poor man's version of the other. So I'm going to just throw it out there and see how this lands. Um, So bracket number seven has another missionary killer, this time punishing people for the deadly sins, John Doe from 1995-7, Kill Count 7, obvi. Although... Um, what he is one of the people that is in his kill count. And then there was the whole stupid ass debate about, oh, well, he really killed eight people because he killed a pregnant woman. I'm not getting into that shit on my show. I'll tell yeah. you what. I'm cutting that shit off right now. Because number one, this is a fuck the patriarchy feminist show, so I'm not having that talk. And number two, goddammit, just uphold Roe versus Wade. Anywho, go ahead, send the emails. <laughs> his modus operandi, some of, the, in my opinion, some of the most gruesome kills we're going to see on this fucking list, yeah. you guys. Um, based on each sin, things like starving, literally pounds of flesh, all that good stuff. Versus another 1995 film, The Poor Man's John Doe, Harry Connick's Creeper, Daryl Lee Collum from Copycat. Um, which I did not believe these films came out the same year. Kill Count from Daryl Lee is a little tricky. I mean, according to him, it's a lot bigger than it is, but you can say eight if you count all of Fo- Fo- Foley's kills as his, which you can. Again, the, the, it was murky to try to get a kill count here. It really was. And according to the film, the modus operandi for Daryl Lee was he tied them to trees and burned them alive, I believe, um, which we don't get to see in the film. We only get to kind of hear snippets of it. So yeah, John Doe versus Daryl Lee Cullum. Guys, go ahead. And after the after the real nail biter of the previous yeah. bracket, I feel like this one's Brainless. a little bit easier. I, I enjoy I, I've only seen Copycat maybe once. I remember I liked it. It was like one of those Yeah, it was like one of those early like sleepover, like, ooh, this is like mm-hmm. kind of a horror movie, but we're not mm-hmm. old enough to watch a horror movie, but our parents are letting this one slide for some reason. <laughs> like rental. Um, but it's no I mean. It's the most terrifying thing of all is that Kevin Spacey's doing this stuff. But, <laughs> but I mean, I'll put my vote down right now that I'm voting on John Doe. I can't imagine my my esteemed colleagues going <laughs> anywhere going against else. Yeah. But I don't know. Jackie's wild. You never know. Who does she have a crush on that might be? Likes her to the eyes, even though this one he's not. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it's John Doe. Let's talk about how good Harry Connick Jr. is as Daryl. Um, yeah. I, he's got some great monologues so in that. Yeah. Um, we put up a clip of that. We've done this uh, actual movie on Analog Jones, and we put up a clip of Daryl just spouting nonsense, and it's so entertaining. Harry Connick Jr. is so charming, even as a creepy, dumb serial killer. You know? Yeah. yeah. You no, know, I did this because of that, and blah, blah, blah. He's so charming. Uh, so, but yeah, John Doe terrifies everyone in this pretty simple boat. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, no, that's, it's definitely a no brainer to have John Doe move through. Uh, just to see uh, copycat is fun. I, I love me some good mid nineties thriller movies and to see Harry Connick Jr. Play the bad guy where like up until that point, like Harry Connick is just that fucking handsome, mansome, buttery voice. Like you sing me damn songs, crooner. 
Like bring that on. And now you're you like some willing grace. That was what yeah, really and, yeah, and now you're this like crazy rednecky serial killer that just really wants to go in Weaver's panties. Harry you really just want those panties. So one of the one of the VHS tapes that I own, I don't have nearly the collection that Steven has, but I'll <laughs> I'll buy some weird VHS tapes just for my own enjoyment. Uh, do you remember Mad About the Mouse? It was a it was a CD that Disney put out that was like Billy Joel covering When You Wish Upon a Star, but they put out a VHS tape where they did a music video for every single one of those songs. Wow, okay. And Harry Connick Jr. does Bare Necessities. Aww. And the video is literally just him walking around the most expensive LA house you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I should hate this, but I love it so much. Harry, yeah, it is. It is. Harry Connick, Harry Iconic. Like, <laughs> That's why we keep him around, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I, I, that's fair. I, yeah. Okay. I can live with that. Um, I do think that Daryl Lee Cullen, the, the concept of him manipulating other budding serial killers to me was a really cool concept that I, I, I thought was kind of neat. And, and this I, idea that there were going to be more. And, and I loved, coming. I did like the concept of the copycat. It's like, okay, we're going to do a Bundy kill. We're yeah. going to do a John Wayne Gacy kind of thing. Yeah. Like I like, and I like that they figured out that the order that they're doing them in, um, again, like I love the whole, like, Cop drama, FBI drama, you know, give, yeah, give me like that. Rupert, 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 they may have saw that great five star review of Jackie. Yeah, who is Jackie? Yeah, yeah, who is Jackie? <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell us apart. Um, now, all right, so John Doe easily moves on then. Next one. This one's tough, you guys. This was, I'm going to be honest, this was the one I almost manipulated. If I was going to cheat, this was going to be my cheat. Ready? Often queer coded bromance, Billy Loomis and Stu Maker from 1996's Scream mm-hmm. with the kill count of six. Eight, if you count each other, because there was a lot of debate about that on social media. I don't think it's fair to say take that kill away from Bill. Billy was killed by Sid, in my opinion. Uh, Modus Operandus is stabs because, hey, it's a slasher. Versus Billy, the mumbling mama's boy from 1974's Black Christmas. I was devastated. I was devastated. His kill count is eight, and his modus operandus suffocate, stab, strangle, usual slasher methods. All right, welcome to another vote that's going to piss off Everybody, yeah, everybody. Yeah. Guys, I was so close to be like, if I just changed it, I, no one would know. <laughs> oh, okay. So, I mean, it has to be said that Billy from Black Christmas never got caught. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, that's, that's that is a huge check that's next true. to his name. Sure, no, that's he true. got away with the shit. I, I feel. Look, I, I really love, wanted to just put one of them on yeah, the other side. Scream. And just go with it. <laughs> Scream is the movie that made me love movies. It's always going to be one of my top 10 favorite horror films. It's going to be one of my top 20 favorite movies of all time. But the kills in Scream, I feel like after you have that first, the first two, they kind of get just kind of bland, like quick, kind of stabby, stabby. Uh Yeah, the first two kills are the best. Yeah. and, And I think that like Ghostface is not as scary to me as 
billion stew unmasked when they're at their most unhinged post party. Like that is, I, I talked about this a couple times with the newest screen movie as well, but like a, a screen movie's quality lives and dies on how unhinged the actors go when they're revealed to be the killers. I like that. And I think that Billy and Stu really set the precedent of like, this is how you do it. Like you are fucking crazy just stabbing each other and screaming with like no sense of anything normal anymore. Um, but Black Christmas is one of the few movies that literally fucked me up when I watched it the first time. Like it is a legitimately horrifying movie. God, I hate that I'm voting against Scream, but I'm, I think I'm going with Billy from Black Christmas on this. Wow. Okay. This is, I, I think you're right. I think this is a lose lose. This is going to make people angry. Yeah. Um, one of the hardest votes on, on here, in my opinion. This and the bad one. <laughs> <laughs> so, honestly, Matt kind of took the exact reasoning that I was thinking that, you know, Billy never gets caught. You know, Billy lives to kill again. Oh, really? <laughs> he lives to kill again as much as I love Stu. Um, I do love Stu. I love I me some love Stu. Stu. No, I do. And, and and I agree, like, you know, the same, like, Matt literally is, like, reading my mind. Because, yeah, Ghostface is scary. We have this mass killer running around. But, you know, yeah, we're going to stab people. Yeah. And then we're going to stab some more people. And then we're going to stab, stab, stab some more people. And when the killer is revealed, when it's Billy and it's Stu, you know, I mean, the look in Billy's eyes sometimes, like, you know, Stu goes along for the ride, but the look, like, you can see that Billy is the mastermind. Mm -hmm. The look in his eyes, like, it is so, like, he's Billy, Billy, original Billy is gone. He's, he's checked out. Like, this is a whole different kind of Billy. And you could dare say he's wearing another mask. Yeah. Oh, um, look at you getting your look at you. <laughs> no, but but again, like my, my reasoning is verbatim what Matt said. And, and I'm going with Black are, Christmas. Are we are we voting off <laughs> Matthew Lillard movies twice in one bracket? I know we are. This is crazy. Um, Stephen either goes against us or just like puts the final death nail yeah. on the screen. Uh, can I tell you my absolute stupid has zero evidence conspiracy theory that I love pimping on podcasts? Yeah. Tatum was in on it the whole time. <laughs> she seemed like I, I could live with that. Because I was like, like, I was she, like she she backs up that Stu was with her that night when like very clearly he was not with Tatum if he's the person killing people. She's the one that's constantly oh, egging Ned Campbell to put herself in compromising situations like going to a party. And then when wow. she's when Ghostface pops up, there's not even a second of fear in her. She because she knows who Ghostface is. She's just like, oh, you're playing a prank on me, Randy. Like not even remotely scared. I mean, it's it's a little thin. You're it's, a, it's a very thin long, theory. You know? But you know what? Here's the thing. I know I'm wrong, but watch Scream with that in mind, and you're like, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen this movie a million times. Let me try it with a different lens. Real her quick. her death is one of the ones that gets me every time because I fucking love the character. I do. I really love yeah. the way that uh, Rose McGowan plays that character. Um, Stephen, yeah. what's your? I mean, it, unfortunately, it doesn't matter. But I'm curious. Would you have also went? I was going to vote for Scream because I was wow. looking at this. Okay. I was I was looking at this from you know you've got the grandpa slash grandma whatever you want to call it slash your film that inspired Halloween that created this entire wave of the 80s. Yeah. That, kept, that is still keep going mm-hmm. versus the film that resurrected horror movies in yeah. the 90s. That's, you know, that's that what I think you need to see. Into the mainstream that brought it into like, the, now the cool kids from high school could watch the horror films when Scream came out. It yep. changed the game. And so I could not vote against Scream because 
it resurrected everything when it came to horror. I mean, it, you know, led to birth of horror podcasts in a way that I think you could draw a line because it became so popular to talk about and then just like brought everything back. But also I like Matthew Lillard. And the flip side is if it's the Matt Kelly test of which am I going to put on, it's going to be screen yeah. every time. And, and I think that as much as I love Black Christmas and I would also put it in the top 10 horror films of all time, I actually do think Scream is a is a tighter script and a tighter movie. <laughs> now, which, which uh, theory is thinner? Uh, Matt's conspiracy theory or that Scream led to horror podcast? Which one's thinner? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I mean, don't know. Scream led to horror podcast has a way more valid thing because <laughs> that movie meant a lot to every horror podcast. <laughs> I, it's hard. These are two, to me, these are two iconic movies and I'm pissed to see either one of them go out this early. I think Scream, yeah. Steven, I think you're right. I think if we're not given Scream, it's due as having resurre- resurrected meaningful horror at a time where horror was really fucking drowning in itself, then then that's fair. Okay, so before we say goodbye, which phone call are you more afraid to get? Because I gotta tell you, Billy's phone calls were always so fucking creepy to me. Like, just because it's mumbly and it's like, is he seeing and seeing things? Like, I, I was afraid of that growing up. I got very confused because we're talking about a Billy and a Billy that I was like, you know which one of them is making what phone calls right. and Scream? <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. I, I, you know, there's been times where I've watched Scream and Scream and I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna figure out when it's Billy and when it's Stu and you can't. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> like, pound, I'm way more afraid of the Billy from Black Christmas phone call than I am of the Do You Like Scary Movies one because I would be like Tatum. I'd be like, oh, you're so scary. Oh, you know everything. I know more than you do about horror movies. Like, yeah, no, I was just if you ask me what's your favorite scary movie, I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. Well, we gotta break it down because now we gotta go yeah, shove Are you talking about slavery? You're talking about slow burn? Yeah, yeah. And then I'm gonna go on a rant about 824, yeah. and then like it's gonna be out. Like, yeah, sorry, wrong number. <laughs> yes, but would Ghostface actually like? put you off your game because you'd be like, I'm not afraid of you. And then you're dead. Well, That's Billy, how I'm dying. Yeah. If I got that call from Billy in the attic, which I mean, you didn't know he was in the attic, which right. is, part is what it makes it terrifying. If I got that call, I'd be like, okay, you're fucking weird. The Billy phone call is going to scare me way more. All right. So congratulations. You guys have made it through the first side of the bracket. Let's get the second side started with uh first one is whistling wackadoo harry powell from 1955's night of the hunter his kill count is two at this hustle but safe to say it's not his first rodeo modus operandus drown him burn him whatever you can do to get away with it um versus creeper in a coma carl rudolph starter played by the national treasurer and liberal love bug vincent d'onofrio in 2000's j-lo vehicle the cell he killed seven uh, and his modus operandi was his little jigsaw-esque glass cell with the water and the drowning and the auto-erotic asphyxiation crap. So, out the get, to me, this is a very tough one. There's a lot of merit on each side, but I am just going to close my eyes and I'm going to go with my gut and I'm going to say Carl from the cell. Wow. Okay. I'm just okay. throwing it out there. Like, I, I don't even want to go through it because this is time to... Uh, Right. Okay. I'm going to let Stephen go last because I know that I have the complete opposite opinion. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to write now, I'm going to circle who I'm picking just so there's no changing of minds. Perfect. Okay. Okay. I just don't think the cell's that good of a movie. I don't think it's that interesting. And when I was doing my deep dive of rewatching, sitting down and watching all of the like 
Like I would buy like those hundred horror movies you must mm -hmm. see and I would work my way through them. And there are some like Eyes Without a Face that we mentioned previously where I'm like, this is a legitimate masterpiece. Like and, Night of the Hunter. And that's how I feel about Night of the Hunter was like, that was one of those ones where it's like, those movies, it's like 50-50. Sometimes you watch and it's like the, the time for where this movie is relevant and interesting has long passed. And then there's ones where it's like, this movie could literally be made, like you could Gus Van Sant psycho this movie and it would still hit the way it needs to hit. Um, cause he's just so, he's so calm in how crazy he is. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm going with Night of the Hunter on this one. I circled the Hunter. So even though we're coming off screen and I said it resurrected everything, this is part of the resurrection and I'm with Matt. I, I, I didn't find this that great. And I know that will irritate a lot of people. So it's kind of funny. It makes me giggle, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it just, it's of its time and versus Night of the Hunter, which, you know, first time I ever saw and at the very beginning I'm like oh god it's going to be one of these like old films where they're just talking in front of the camera and it flips so quickly yeah. <laughs> something that I'm like so this dark. is messed up <laughs> <laughs> like what he's doing he is hunting children Fucking for ten thousand dollars <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a lot you know a lot different value nowadays you know and you know over time it's i don't know what it would be worth with inflation and everything but this is also during the depression yeah so ten thousand dollars is a game changer uh so part of me is just like yeah i get it but he murders a, his wife who he, he is terrible to and he won't even have sex with that got to me i'm like whoa you're not even doing this for cheap pleasure you are messed up and then he just goes around spouting nonsense about god and all that stuff yeah i can't wait to gush about that film but we'll save it so yeah here's my one defense of the cell the concept of like go as a like a psychology person the concept of going into somebody's subconscious mind while they're in a coma and ex being able to explore their dreams and, and landscape is was really cool to me yeah like the, the film does have its flaws it's not that great of a I, film yeah, i think my problem is that i literally saw the cell for the first time in like 2019 that's, yeah, and i'm like this is Bad. I'm sure yeah, I saw yeah, it like at the time. I was like, whoa. Oh, I remember seeing it in the theater. Yeah. And that scene when at that one point he's the demon and he walks and he's got the cape yeah. that's on the wall and all the cloth is coming up and the whole yeah. like and that like horse and all that. Like, yeah, like that that got because yeah, like I remember seeing it when it came out in theaters. So yeah, I do enjoy it. I agree with everything you guys are saying yeah. about Night of the Hunter. Again, religious fanaticism, yeah. I mean, you know. I so, there's a good chance that our final battle is just religion versus religion like <laughs> yeah. that shit is yeah. creepy it's a hot take <laughs> like, at this point yeah no uh, uh, yeah and i think that for what it was the cell had some really cool vivid imagery that really stuck with me for a long time after mm -hmm. i saw it jenny goes back to yeah. the block and has got a day go. oh, <laughs> he's here all night folks uh, <laughs> i wish we could have a picture for this episode that would be it all right here's the sad ben affleck face mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right so next one is a, is a, is one that hurt my heart a little bit so this one another child parent duo this time deranged daddy daughter lola and eric from 2009's the loved ones i will spare you all my rendition of am i not pretty enough but their kill count is about 11 but way 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 more if you count the cannibals and the big giant pile of bones and all the other assumed 
damage they've done to the world. Their modus operandi is pretty horrible. Uh, they will stab and maim people. They abduct these kids. They imprison them. Uh, it's pretty, pretty dark and, and pretty crazy. Uh, these guys become like pets almost versus the ultimate fucked up clan. Tutti fucking fruity ice cream loving firefly oh, family. No. Well, yeah, I knew you'd be upset because I know how much you love both of these. From 2003's House of a Thousand Corpses. And you know I didn't tamper with it because I love both of these fucking movies. Okay, so we are doing House of a Thousand Corpses, not trying Devil's Rejects. Okay. Yeah. No, no, because that's, yeah. Yeah. honestly, no, two very different yeah. families in my life. Agreed. Yeah. And it's, it's, it was hard because there was a part of me that was like, we should just do them from Devil's Rejects as, as the serial killers. But I think we have to stay with the first film just for, for the sake of... I, I think it's and fair better. because there's a ton of these movies that don't have more films to explore. They no, 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 sure, like that, no, no, so, no, yeah. sure, no, but I, I literally think that there are, like, this is the easiest one to separate into two separate buckets because okay. they yes. are very different yes. families in this yeah. yeah, I really, I mean, it, it, for me with them, like, House of a Thousand Corpses, like, I don't really care for that movie. To me, it's one giant music video. The family is, like, creepy and terrible or whatever, but I like fell in love with the villains in yeah, Devil's Rejects. So I agree. It's yeah. two different families. So I am loving where this conversation is going because I feel like <laughs> you are the complete opposite of my yeah. perspective where I was like, this was kind of a tough decision when I was thinking it was Devil's Rejects and now it's House of Thoughts and Corpus. I'm like, oh, absolutely. I want to vote for the Firefly family because <laughs> they're so fucking so crazy yeah, in that movie. Yeah, so they actually have the high, they're boasting one of the highest kill counts on screen too with 15 uh, uh, on death uh, on screen kills for their for them and yeah uh, it's a tough one man these are two really dark dude, yeah. like groups like holy shit how about we have Steve yeah, Steven, yeah, first. You first. oh man this is tough um, this is one, yeah so here this will really help me is Captain Spaulding considered a firefly hundred percent okay then it's the fireflies um, wow, okay. Captain Spaulding to me is just like I love clowns and if anyone knows this. <laughs> <laughs> uh so captain spaulding I, you know i've got a couple t-shirts of his that i occasionally wear uh i love the character i think he is actually the most terrifying to me because he's just <laughs> really fucking, he's yeah he's weird he's weird <laughs> but at the same time but no this is a personal thing he's weird but at the same time i really want to hang out with him same yeah. me too <laughs> So uh, we have that, but the loved ones, uh, this is one that uh, my wife and I actually watched. I asked her, I go pick a bunch of movies from this giant list that I made, wrote them all out. <laughs> Here they are. And um, I said, yeah, go ahead, pick a few. You should probably watch the trailer first. And she goes, no, no, the loved ones that might have some romance in it. And I go, about <laughs> and, and I gave her a fair, I go, are you sure you don't want to watch the trailer? And she's like, no, let's just go into it. And I go, all right, I like your uh, gusto, but, and she hated it. Hated yeah, it. I... It's a hard watch, man. But, but I, I love that they drill a hole and then uh -huh. you know, like lobotomize. Well, and I thought it was so fascinating how they did it with boiling water into the hole. Hmm? Um, that's such like a backwoods Australian thing to do, um, at least in my mind. Um, so yeah. I, I really liked it. Uh, I want to talk more about the one I'm not voting for again. So we okay. have one vote for the Fireflies, right? right? Yes. You two? I I am going to vote for the loved ones. I love the Firefly, and I, I, I'm on the record loving the Firefly family. But again, a lot of my love came from the Devil's Rejects. For me, my reasoning is as wretched and as horrible as the Firefly family is in House of a Thousand Corpses, 
just like Stephen said, like the idea that they are drilling a hole, boiling, putting in the boiling water, they're lobotomizing. Yeah, we're not killing brutal. you. It's brutal. We it's are brutal. just stripping yeah. you of your humanity and we're going to put you in a pit with all these other bones and all these other bodies and you're going to be alive. We're not killing you. Like to me, that's even worse. Like you don't get the easy out of being killed. However horrific you're getting getting killed, you you don't have that easy out of being killed. We are keeping you as a mindless pet. For the first time, I'm having anxiety. Matt Kelly, Jesus Christ, do the right thing. So here's my problem. The loved ones came out at a time where I was, I needed horror to be an escapism from stuff. And it and it wasn't. No, it wasn't. You know what I mean? Like it's like, and I and I realized that about that is that is a personal flaw within me. Dom, that like that like I have this aversion to watching shit that gets too real. It's the same reason why like I will sing the praises of Hereditary to the to the ceilings, but I will never watch no, that movie a second either. time. Like I don't I don't need that in my life. So like I watched the loved ones. I remember I had opinions on it. Not ironically not love being one of those <laughs> so i was like i already know how i feel about this i'm going to revisit it i was assuming we were talking about devil's rejects firefly family this entire time okay. the fact that it is the the house of a thousand corpses firefly family movie movie makes me feel way more comfortable in giving them the vote because all of the things that you're saying about the loved ones hey they're going to throw you in this cage and you're going to be this mindless creature like think about what is happening in house of a thousand corpses there are four people just needing a tire fixed and next thing they know they're like in this fucking circus house of craziness for an hour and a half like they don't you're like the same thing you're saying about the loved ones is kind of what's happening to them in there which is why i give house of a thousand corpses more of the edge than devil's rejects because devil's rejects they just kind of pull out a gun and shoot you yeah but in house of a thousand corpses they're like no we're just going to put you through like they're mental true. gymnastics yeah, to figure they it out are, like, they're gonna, uh, <laughs> And, and Jackie, I'm going to give you props for this because I've finally become comfortable enough to admit how much I love. I love Captain Spaulding. I love Baby Firefly. I love them. And yeah. I know I shouldn't, but I can do I. There's somewhere deep down where I really enjoy these characters. And I, I remember, go, I saw House of a Thousand Corpses in theaters four times. Wow, really? <laughs> and, and I think a lot of it was because, again, what Stephen was saying with Captain Spaulding, that opening shot, that black and white commercial for him advertising yeah. his chicken stand, yeah. and you've the got like, audience. there's something just about the way that movie starts that puts me in such a feel-good mood, even though it is very much in that same hor- horrific, nerve-wracking movie. And I, uh, I've said this a couple times, but people always say like it's a ripoff of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's not. It's, it's a ripoff of Texas not. Chainsaw Massacre too. Rewatch Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, and there's that scene where Slim is running through yeah, the, the crypt, yeah. and I'm like, mm-hmm. this is the movie Rob Zombie went out to make. I agree. <laughs> like, and I think the whole like, oh, it's such a ripoff. Like he meant, he knew what he was doing, man. Like he meant it that way, and it was it meant to feel like a fever dream video. I like Rob Zombie more than I even sometimes want to admit to myself. He's and, another one of those people. Where I might yeah. not love all of his movies, but man, if you gave me an opportunity to sit and talk with him, I would oh, make yeah. that brain. No, apart. I want to. I definitely want to have dinner with Rob, <laughs> and then I'm gonna have sex with. His I was wife. gonna say, I'm very optimistic about his monsters movie because, did, like, because yeah. like people are. I think people are forgetting two big things. A, that dude loves the monsters. 
And B, I think he really, really, really wants to not just be a horror film director. And The Monsters is going to be a great opportunity for him to prove that he has enough range because that dude still wants to make his Flyers movie. (laughs) This Monsters movie is a way for him to prove that he's more than a horror director so that he can be like, can I please make my Broad Street Bullies movie? I'm definitely excited for it, yeah. And I actually think it's very sweet that he puts his wife in his films. I actually think she's not as bad of an actress as everybody makes her out to be. She's fucking hot. Yeah. All right. Good. So the Firefly clan moves through. I got a little nervous there for a minute. I think you're right, though. I think that The Loved Ones is a brutal watch. Pound for pound, as fucked up as the movie is, I love watching House of Thousand and Corpses. Yeah. So next one is the OG of Mama's Boys Gone Bad, Norman Bates from 1960's Psycho. Kill count very low with two. But again, he's always dressed as mother when he does. And of course, he does this, this, the stabbing versus Maniacal Might Mick Taylor from 2005's Wolf Creek. His kill count three on screen, five if you count those weird bodies hanging in the background, probably hundreds based on his little chamber of horrors. And his modus operandi is rape and torture, kill with a knife. I tried to do a, a, an accent there. Or snipe. He just snipes you if things go wrong. So now you're here for that. Again, so Norman Bates versus Mick Taylor. I'll start by just saying that for a really long time, Wolf Creek was my least favorite movie I've ever watched. It's up there for me. I just don't think it's an enjoyable movie. I think it's too slow. I think that the advertising for it was horrendous. Like they were really advertising that as like the next Saul and it is so not that movie. I mean, Norman Bates is the man. Like, he's the, well, he's the, the, the wolf man, I guess, (laughs) by a certain point. But like, I mean, Psycho isn't a masterpiece for a very good reason. And a lot of it is Anthony Perkins' performance. And I think that even the sequels, like, I I think people like to shit on the Psycho sequels a whole lot. But if you really sit down and watch them, they're still really, there's a lot to pull from that. And a lot of it is because Anthony Perkins does such a good job with the character of Norman Bates. Um, And the scariest thing that you can be is like a crazy serial killer, something that you empathize with for a large chunk of there's stuff like I feel bad for Norman throughout the whole movie and I think that there's something uncomfortable about that and then god that closing speech where it's just the mother's voice monologuing inside his head and they have that beautiful juxtaposition of her skull face popping up on his face before it, like we're talking about angry emails angry emails would flood in here I don't care how much people like the movie Wolf Creek if that walked away over Norman Bates in this conversation I don't you I don't love the torture porn nomenclature. Yeah. But Jesus Christ to me, Wolf Creek really hits that fucking mark for me. Where it's just like, <laughs> what the fuck is the point? This yeah. guy's just making me fucking want to all right. Well, Steven, your vote. Uh yeah, I didn't dislike Wolf Creek that much. This is the first time I ever watched it. Uh, I always knew about it and didn't care. But if anyone knows me, I love Australian cinema, the schlock of the 80s. And <laughs> it'll remind me a little bit of it. You know, like road games where it's like really slow and yeah. uh, you kind of like and you have to like Australian like slow dry but there's no way I'm voting against Norman Bates <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me I like Mick I like the, oh yeah it's a head on a stick let me show you what it is stab you in the freaking spine and it's yeah. like it's <laughs> you're right. Gnarly, yeah. you're right he has no motivation other than let's kill people yeah and it's yeah. kind of stale um it can only go so far um and i saw that there's a wolf creek series which tv series i didn't even know that existed i'm voting for norman i just want to talk about psycho 2 is extremely underrated yes and i don't understand why that got shit on other 
then it's just a sequel to a masterpiece. Yeah. 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 100%. I think Psycho 2 is arguably one of the best sequels to any classic horror film. Yeah. And Psycho 3 is just a wacky mess. It's just fun, though. I watched Psycho 2. I've never seen Psycho 3. And Psycho 2, I had no idea what I was walking into. Like, none whatsoever. It's an emotional roller coaster of a movie. I don't know. To me, like, there's just vindication because the whole movie, you, you're you rooting for Norman Bates. Like, yeah. you're rooting for someone who cinematically is like the, you know, this is Psycho. This yeah. is Norman Bates. Like, he's up here. And you watch Psycho 2 and, like, the whole time, you know, root for Norman. Norman's rehabilitated. Like, he's the person that he is supposed to be now. And regardless of his past misgivings and whatever... Um, I did not really care for Wolf Creek. Wolf Creek was in the bottom two of the movies that we watched. There were two movies that I just really thought were bad movies. Have we done the other one yet? Not yet. Um, so, and yeah, like to me, like it just took forever for things to happen. You know me in slow burns. Like I'm not here for it. And it just, it was just, I was just desperately waiting. Once things started moving, they moved at light speed. Yeah. But again, I, I think I'm in the same vein. I will not. Uh, Wolf Creek versus Psycho, kiss okay. my ass. No, <laughs> kiss my ass. And, and on that note, Nick could kiss Jackie's ass and uh, Norman Bates moves on. All right. Next one. In my opinion, a slightly underrated Joseph, the ultimate mindfucker, and Craigslist Nightmare from 2014's underrated Creep. Technically a kill count of one, but again, it's it's safe to presume this is something he does regularly, which I think is what gets him put on this list as a kill- serial killer. Uh, the modus operandi is a pretty dark one because I think he really messes with these people before he kills them. And then the axe would be the, the way. Versus what I think is going to be the other one on this list Jackie really hated. Sadly, still somehow hot to me, Brad Pitt during his dirty phase playing yokel serial killer early Gracie from 1993's California. Get it? K, like kill California. You see what they did there, you guys? Yeah, they couldn't go with California. Kill- it seems, <laughs> like, seems like it makes way more sense to the um, naming thing. Kill count's a pretty impressive one, though. He gets nine kills on screen, including Juliet Lewis, who I'm going to just give a quick shout out to. Bitch shows up on our list a lot. I love <laughs> Three times. Yeah. We get three of them. Um, and we'll have plenty of time to give her her homage. But the modus operandi is for him, pretty quick, dirty methods, burning, stabbing, killing, whatever. So uh, early Gracie versus Joseph. So you are correct. California was the other movie that I just did not like. Um, I have never seen the Creep movies. And I actually watched Creep 1 and Creep 2 and was absolutely delighted um, by both of them. Really love what they did, because especially, and I know we're not counting the second one, but it's one of those things where like, how are you going to make a sequel that's going to make sense without just repeating the same entire process? But it's still in line with the movie. And I thought they did well. But again, I know we're not talking about the sequel. Um, Yes, early is a bad dude. Um, He's a total creeper. Um, obviously like a lifelong criminal, like there is really no conscience to speak of. I, I like the way that Brad Pitt played this character, but I, I'm going to say that I want to go with creep, um, just because it was all a mind game. And yes, the result is just one kill at the end. Well, 37 is his magic number, according to him. Right. (laughs) All right. So Jackie goes creep. I'm going to go to uh, Matt on this. I I mean, these are, this is like the least interesting pair up for me. These are both movies that I have really like 
lukewarm feelings too. Really? I don't love yeah. nor hate either one of them. Okay. Um, but if I had to choose, like I love creep a little bit more. Fair. So like okay. I'm just gonna give, but but it's I, it's also I hate to say it's a moot point, but it's like I also thinking in the terms of the bracket, it's like we're just literally pushing these guys forward to get decimated oh, by the person they're up against. Yeah, so, so it's kind of like whatever. Like I'll I'll give creep the pass because okay. I don't think it's making it past the next round anyway. Fair enough. Fair enough. Steve? Oh, I'm voting for Brad Pitt's abs, so done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's wrong uh, with anyone voting. Uh, no, I get it. Um, I will always kind of like switch or, you know, like if I'm at a tie like I am right now, I'm going to go with always the bumbling, stumbling serial killer because Brad Pitt's like the definition of an idiot who's just yeah. Bumbling and stumbling his way through it. Um, and, you know, I could care less, though, about the whole, like, writer and photographer going through and finding the serial killers. I found that so stale. Yeah. And maybe yeah. that's, like, because of today. We have all of our datelines and all this crap and serial yeah. killers are so big right now. I don't care about them. I thought they were boring. Um, and who the hell takes a road trip across America on a car that gets like 10 miles to the gallon? <laughs> Fair. Um, anyway, and, and as soon as I would see Brad Pitt and Julia Lewis like looking to get a ride and pay their way across the, the entire U.S. or I forget how, where they they drive to California. Their ride share, yeah. Car, yeah. I would be like, yeah, no, no. <laughs> No, so, so. Yeah, me too. I'd be like, no, hard pass. I mean, this movie's only getting a vote from me because Brad Pitt does such a great job of showing that he can do anything. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. No, agreed. I think it's one of those, wow, Brad Pitt really can do anything. To be fair, California was a soft spot for me just because I was so in love with David Duchovny back in the 90s that he could do no wrong. I also think there's something really upsetting to me about the relationship between Early and what's-her-name. I forget Juliet Lewis's character's name. Um, and just how, just how damaged and manipulated she is and how, to me, that was always what felt the most uncomfortable. That movie's like dirty and uncomfortable for me. And I think the tension is done well. Again, I think I'm looking at it with my 1993 eyes, um, because yeah, I don't know what a 12 year old who's watching that movie, but there I was. <laughs> and, um, it's, it did, it affected me. And I think specifically his victimization of the people around the women in that film was to mm -hmm. me, like a very, like, this is what a serial killer does. Right. Like she was so, um, Brad, uh, David Duchovny's girlfriend's character was so uncomfortable yet so stuck with him. And she was a very evolved woman compared to Julia Lewis's character. And there was something really interesting about the gender dynamics in that film for me. And so, yeah, so I do think that you guys made the right choice. It's fair, but I do think California gets hated a little more than I think it's fair. I think there's some interesting concepts there, but yeah, it's very, the just the, the acting and everybody else in that movie is very stiff to me. Um, and they are kind of yuppie scumbags when they're, when they take that trip. So I'm like, whatever, kill him. Um, <laughs> and then, oh, he becomes such a, he's so wild and killy at the end, David Duchovny's character. I'm like, stop it. Uh, but yeah. All right. So Joseph, move on. Next one. This one's an interesting one for me. I'm excited to see this unpacked. Uh, Tortured Soul and Demon Barber, Sweetie Todd from the movie, of course, the 2007 Johnny Depp one. 11 on-screen kills, but way more because he was just hacking up uh, London. And his modus of operandus, of course, is to shave in the face and then slit their throats. <laughs> Versus camper with a big secret, Angela, played by friend of the show and little con national treasure, Phyllis Rose from 1983 Sleepaway Camp. Her kill count at 
12 uh, just edges out uh, the official on-screen count for Sweeney Todd. And her modus operandi was a lot of hilarity, in my opinion. She gets creative, but most of it's hatchets, straight-up slasher style. So, yeah, Sweeney Todd versus Angela. What a weird mix-up. Mm. What a weird mishmash. Wow. All right, Jackie, I don't, I don't know. Jackie oh. Steven, I'm going to go to you first on this one. Oh, that's pretty easy sleepaway camp. Uh, okay. I, uh, cl- everyone put you know, earmuffs on. Uh, I don't really like musicals. Um, uh, yeah, so there's, I'm going to piss off like 80%. Of <laughs> <laughs> yes, get the hate mail now, motherfucker. There are some musicals that I absolutely adore, you know, Little Shop of Horrors, and we can go on and on. Um, and I've seen, you know, like the uh, uh, when Evil Dead, the musical in Vegas. It was fantastic. It's fun. But uh, I couldn't stand to listen to Johnny Depp sing. Um, uh, at least what I remember, I only saw this once and I've never seen it again. And, and I didn't rewatch it for this. Uh, I was so tired of Tim Burton at this point. <laughs> I was like, okay, I, I, I'm done with this. Uh, I didn't enjoy it that much. Uh, Sleepaway Camp, on the other hand, I'm not going to talk much about because I think it's you know a heavy hitter and we should save it, at <laughs> least me. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, that final shot, come on. Yeah, Thank God. And, and I'm, I mean, we'll just move it forward right now. I'm okay. going with Angela. I don't, I don't think this, I, I'm with you, Stephen Sweeney Todd came out at the time where I kind of was like, I remember seeing the trailer and being like, oh, maybe this is like the thing that'll get me back on the Tim Burton train. And it didn't. I was like, this is kind of inf- infuriatingly long and drawn out. Um, <laughs> it's a little drawn out that but, I mean, Sleepaway Camp is probably i mean i don't even think it's a probably it's i i think it's my favorite slasher movie scream wow. included like i have so much fun with that movie with that franchise uh after years of pushing it uh you know jackie's finally convinced me that sleepaway camp 3 is as fun as the it other really two movies is, yeah. so like love it, it it's uh, angela's moving forward i mean those kills are so we, we so won't get in they're so yeah, yeah we'll but, save it um, Jackie, would you like to at least give a, a proper homage? Would you have went Sweeney Todd? I, I think I would have went Sweeney Todd. Yeah. As much as I, I love... <laughs> as, as much as I love Sleepaway Camp, you know, killing, killing the gross pedophile, or at least maiming the gross pedophile with a giant vat of hot corn water which really if you're falling down why do you reach on to the giant vat of hot corn water but uh, no I, as much as I do love Sleepaway Camp I um I didn't fall off of the I don't even want to say fall off I didn't um stray from the Tim Burton train until a little bit later um I am you know I'm still he's he's up there with me for me as one of my absolute favorite directors I will, you know, I don't care. I love Sweeney Todd. I love Dark Shadows, like Big Fish. Like, I'll, I'll take it all. Um, I love Johnny Depp, um, yeah. you know, without without abandon, without reason. Johnny, The Johnny Depp-Tim Burton combination to me is, that's peanut butter and chocolate. You know, like, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I do love musicals. And if, if for nothing else, Alan Rickman. Oh, Alan as Rickman yeah. is oh, so, so as the judge, yeah. so good as the judge, and hearing but him say, "Pretty women, oh, floods the basement." Seriously, yeah. it does. It really it. does. Scooch. I'm not ashamed of yeah. that. I mean, I no. So I mean, I'm, I'm I'm okay. You know, obviously somebody has to go. Yeah, it can be there. Sweeney Todd. Happy yeah. to see Angela move forward. Yeah, but, me too. But yeah, that I'm. I would have voted for Sweeney Todd. I think yeah. at the end of the day, I have a weird 
unable to watch people sh- get shaved in films thing. So for me, this it is makes a weird me really uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't know why. I'll watch anything happen in a film. Now, I want to clarify that I'm on the same page as you. Mm-hmm. I have no problem watching someone shave themselves in a film. It's being else someone else shaved them. See, is even very somebody weird shaving themselves, I'm like, but I can handle it. You're right. Somebody shaving somebody else is really uncomfortable. I just, me. it makes me, because I'm like, I can never, I can't put, the thing no. is so sharp. I feel like I'm putting God, so much never. trust in them. And my, my and a husband steady hand. uses a straight razor and oh. it really freaks me out when he shaves <laughs> I'm, like, uh, I'm always afraid. I'm, I don't know. I, I know. I see how long I can get a bit to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Push and the limitations it, it on it. It makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah, just shave it the face. I don't like it. Um, all right. So Sweetie Todd is uh, off the list. And moving on. This one, I don't know how this is going to go. Technically, Spree Killing Lovebirds, Mickey and Mallory Knox from 1994's Natural Born Killers. 14 on-screen kills, 10 from Mickey, 4 for Mallory. Modus operandi shooting, burning, stabbing, they're getting mayhem wherever they go. Versus Mama Bear and OG Karen DuJour, Pamela Voorhees from, uh, again, spoiler alert here, <laughs> Friday the 13th. Uh, kill count, nine teenagers, mostly with very phallic things like hunting knives, arrows, spears, etc. So we got Pamela Voorhees versus Mickey and Mallory. I'm just saying sweet Jane to myself while you guys decide. Go ahead. <laughs> I wish to vote last. <laughs> oh, this is a hard one, to be, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Do you want to go first, Stephen, or do you want me to go first? Uh, I'm going to go with Pamela Voorhees on this. Um, I, I really like Natural Born Killers, too. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I just... You know, they're just kind of going on a crazy psycho fun trip through time, you know, just killing people and diners and everything like that. But honestly, the director annoys the shit out of me. So I think I'm going to vote for the iconic. Um, Okay. I I mean, that's just just what I am, uh, you know, reading about him. um, If anyone doesn't, you can just he's he's something. So I know that's probably not fair. Uh, We should be kidding. (laughs) No, I listen, dude. I'm always here for a weird hot take like that. I'm with you too. I can't stand him. Yeah, I. Plus, you know what, Pam Voorhees like created an entire franchise, and she's got all that on her. You know, her sweater shoulders. You know, like <laughs> her adorable cable knit sweater shoulders. Yes, yes. And you know, she did the movie for a car, and I can understand that. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me too. All right, cool. So one vote for for uh, Angela. This is a hard one. I'm sorry, Pamela. It's a hard one. I'm gonna go to Jackie next because I feel like she's not. She's gonna vote the opposite way. I don't know. I I don't. I. It's tough because I kind of have been looking at it like the the motive behind people. The the motive behind Mickey and Mallory is, you know, and I think Mickey even talks about it in the movie. Like, God, I just. You just do it. You just good. It's just you know, freaking. You know, but Pamela, you know, she. This is a revenge for her. You know, if if these teenagers were doing their job and not partying, smoking, yeah. I mean, this is where we get the whole lore of don't have sex, don't do drugs, don't drink. If you're gonna lifeguard, fucking watch the. Yeah, you know. Um. I'm going to surprise myself and I'm going to vote for Pamela. Okay. Wow. And that's, that's really? kind of where I was leaning. Uh, I, yeah. 
I don't like oh. natural born killers. Like as a movie, I just don't like it. Um, my because it's one of the it's it's not comfortable. Like it's well, <laughs> the way I say it is my favorite thing that came out of natural born killers was that Quentin Tarantino felt driven to make Pulp Fiction because <laughs> he disliked it so much. <laughs> like so, it's like all right, cool. Like I love Pulp Fiction, so that's great. Um, I just I think that it. I think it's a movie that has way more style than it ultimately has substance at the end of the day. Yes. Um, I think that the way that they go about their killings is like, it's, it's a very, it's a very nineties cool guy version of just like, they're just driving around shooting people. Like, it's like, like, it's kind of just to me versus like Palavor, he's, for a little ass old lady crawls under a bed and two people fucking and shoves an arrow and through somebody's neck. Like there's there's shit, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, there's there's a mother scorn coming out in that situation. I'm here for it. And I am <laughs> the next round is gonna be a I'm this played out beautifully i have to say though you guys mickey mallory first of all natural born killer still remains such a like hot button movie that's often cited for like gratuity and celebration of violence and bad people um we don't have to recall just how how much blame this movie got with like columbine and yeah. all that shit I have to say, as a 90s kid, I was terrified of this film. It affected me. Again, I probably had no business watching it at age 14, but here I was. And it was it was a really fucked up film. And visually, as much as I'm with you, Stephen, and I kind of think Oliver Stone can suck a bag of dicks, I, I do think this film... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dicks don't deserve that. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Robert Downey Jr. is really good in it. I think... This, this commentary of our obsession with serial killers is still relevant even today. Oh, yeah. So I think there's a lot of themes going on. I, and it's one of my favorite Juliet Lewis turns. It really is. I like to see, I actually enjoy her arc and I root for her, which I know is really messed up and probably there's something wrong with me for it. But I enjoy her going from the victim to the bad bitch who kills people. And there's something like, there's very, there's a lot of empathy in there for me with her character. And I think she's victimized by Mickey too, but like, I, I do, I don't know. I think it's a good film and I, I'm kind of really sad to see them go off this list. I think they had a place here. I thought they were going to make it through a couple rounds. I really did. I have the strange, I guess, order. I've never seen Natural Born Killers I and I watched it for the first time. And then a few days later, I had my first viewing of California. Huh. So I had like, I had, I did have a Juliet Lewis on. Um, so it was very strange to see her play kind of like a, an almost an evolution. Of yeah, yeah. Like kind of the same. Like you can imagine that, that Mallory as a very young girl was the character from oh, California okay. And had the girl from California survived, she becomes Mallory. Like, so it was very interesting to see that take. Um, we talked about it earlier. She kind of has this habit of playing kind of the same character, kind of like that tra like trailer trashy kind of character. We know that she has range. We have yeah. seen her in other movies where she has range. She was great in Yellow Jackets. Yeah, I love. I'm you were saying that. I haven't watched Yellow Jackets yet, but like yeah. knowing that she does have range, you can see her play this. I feel like she doesn't get the opportunity a lot to play. No, she. You know, she plays. She's very typecast. Yeah. She's like um, Jamie Presley. 
who often gets cast, I feel like, as kind of like that rednecky back, like not backwards, but like just kind of the southern rednecky She's a trailer park. Trailer park, park. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I haven't, I don't know much of Jamie Presley's work, so I'm going to take your yeah. word for that. And I can't say we did, uh, the, the, we got the most amount of emails. Uh, we did Natural Born Killers and The Joker back to back, basically oh. mocking society of just like, these movies are making killers. You know, we've had some pretty bad shit for a long time. Have you ever read the Bible? Um, yeah. so, <laughs> I can see someone clutching their pearls there, Nancy Reagan. Oh, no, don't oh, talk yeah. about my book. Um, yeah, we got a lot of fun emails on that. Some of them I just ignored. Because we do VHS, we only get like, we don't get anything on social media. It's people like, they're like, I'm going to go to my email. I'm I'm surprised we don't get that. like AOL emails. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually really funny that that's up. I'm not surprised. All right. Next one. We're almost to the end of this round, you guys. Uh, relatively new to the scene, Blissfield Butcher, Quentin Shermer from 2020's Freaky, from awesome friend of the show, Michael Kennedy. Kill Count 10, Modus Operandi, Spears, Chainsaws, Bottles, uh, whatever have you, versus another sort of friend of the show. Being Thirsty, Leslie Mancuso, a.k.a. Leslie Vernon from 2006's The Rise of Leslie Vernon. An interesting pairing, in my opinion. Kill Count 10 for him. Modus operandus, mostly a knife, but he definitely can improvise when needed. And he is all about teaching the art of serial crime. So Leslie Vernon versus the Blissfield Butcher. I keep getting tongue-tied on that all right all three of you got that face on go ahead <laughs> go ahead. Uh, i'm just gonna go out first and i'm gonna i'm gonna take a i'm gonna vote for scott uh scott uh, the man who's with uh our our podcast king here matt on horror movie night uh leslie vernon gets my vote cool. um i thought freaky was fun i had a good time but yeah uh, i just that. i can't i can't do it other than i will say when i first saw leslie vernon um i was not a fan of it and it grew, it grew on me. And now I really, really enjoy the film. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I love both of these films. I agree. I love them both. I am voting for Leslie Vernon because when I watch Freaky, honestly, I'm not even paying attention to anything other than uh, Vince Vaughn playing a teenage girl. Yeah. Like that's the only, like to me, like that's yeah, what fun. draws me out. Like, okay, yeah, there's a killer. They're killing people. But let me see Vince Vaughn be a teenage girl again. I adore him. Like, I think he is very funny. Like Vince Vaughn is in a comedy. Like, I don't care. Like, I will watch uh, Wedding Crashers. Well, you know, like I will, like that, he, wow. I, 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 wow. I really like his comedy. So honestly, for me, like Freaky is all about just give me another scene where he plays a teenage girl and I'm here. For it. This one also falls into a, a category. I was talking to my brother about this recently, similar to like a Jason Bateman, where he's one of the few people who can play the straight man in a comedy film but still be really funny. I've always been a sucker for ever since yes. Swingers. So Swingers, Swingers just sealed I mean, it. But I, I was going to lean towards Leslie Vernon okay. as well. I think from a kill perspective, yes, Freaky is way more brutal, but from a psychological stance it's kind of like like his character in, in freaky is essentially just like another jason Voorhees, just like mm -hmm. jacked up brute yeah. monster killer with no drive yeah. whereas like leslie vernon is very aware that he's taking a human yeah. life but he's so fucking charming I know. And I just every step right. of the way. i just want to hang out with them it's like i'll be killed by leslie vernon yeah, yeah. Me too. <laughs> I'll be all right with it 
Um, I, I do want to also say that one of the things I like about Michael Kennedy's work is not only the representation in that film, because it's just so accurate to kids today and the diversity and like the, it, it just checks so many boxes for me that make me so happy. But also, I think Tarantino managed to do it without ever feeling like he was insulting or making fun of a teenage girl. Which yeah. to me was impressive. Like it never felt like, all right, well, the, no, she's not like, give her credit. Like it was a very feminist film in that way to I, have him play that without it being insulting to women. I think is a pretty, is a testament yeah. to not only the writers and directors, but also to, uh, to uh, Vince, Vince Vaughn, which I can't believe I'm saying you like giving him credit for his acting, but yeah, I think it's, a, he does but a great job with it. My only like, I wouldn't even say it's a strike. Freaky is a fun movie. Mm-hmm. I think the the problem for me with Freaky is that as good as it is, it's still not as good as the Happy Death Day movies from the same Fair. team. Yeah. And like that to me is like like I I think I agree with you that there's a lot of representation mm-hmm. and it doesn't makes me happy. and it doesn't talk down to the audience. But I I did think that Freaky had not a ton, but there were certain lines of dialogue. Where I'm like, this feels so much. We're just like, hello, I am the gay character, but we don't know how to express that in the movie. So I'm just going to say something that, like, uh, let you know that these kids talk in that film is the way my my my, my kids' friends. Talk. I get, it. and, and yeah. I'm not really hanging out with that many tweets. <laughs> tweets but but I felt like I felt like the Happy Death Day movies still had that representation, but was like much more like subtle in the way that they introduced that where yeah. where I felt like there were parts of Freaky that were a little like well, heavy-handed. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, that's that's very fair. And I think it is because Michael Kennedy is so committed to to good diversity on yeah. film. Um but you're that's very fair. I actually love the dialogue in Freaky though. I think some of it some of the insults in that film were some of my favorite yeah. of the last couple No, of it's years. a good it, it is a it, it is still a like three and a half star movie Stuff, even yeah. compared to like how much I, I just think Happy Death Day is such a masterpiece of a movie. I love that. Happy Happy Death Day is a good, a good film. I, I will stand by it. All right, you guys, last one before we end this round. Right. This one is going to hurt no matter which way it cuts. Um, 2000's American Psycho, maybe maybe killer, Patrick Bateman. Uh, 13 on screen, he claims 20, could be zero. We don't know. Um, Hack saws beats, but dances really well while he's doing it. Versus Little Cutie on a killing spree, Rhoda Penmark from 1956's classic, The Bad Seed. Her kill count is three. And uh, she bludgeons, burns, drowns. She's a wily one. That yeah. little nugget. I need to have like a full disclosure moment mm-hmm. when we were making this list. Oh, this is one you never heard. <laughs> this of? was she the movie that I tried to I push off. Jackie, it's got it's the second. Literally, it's got the second highest rating. Like I've never heard of it before. <laughs> and I was like, let's take the bad seat off the list. I've never heard of it. I was like, no, Jackie. <laughs> We're together. I, the listeners can't see this. I'm doing a. Uh, we're linking because I was like, what the. Right? <laughs> but were you like one over by when you all that? It? All that being said, we'll I really enjoyed it. There okay. is one character who is white girl wasted every time she comes on screen. She is white girl wasted. Every time the girl comes on screen, yeah, she's white girl wasted. Um, <laughs> I actually really enjoyed the bad seed more than I thought I, that I would. Because usually kid movies and you, right? Not really, this. Um, <laughs> I am going to put my vote for the bad seed. Wow. So I like The Bad Seed. I think it's a fun movie. Um, It's not my favorite of that era of films. But I'm also torn because like, as you pointed out, like Patrick Bateman also possibly killed no one. Right. Which which is his big strip. Just as much as there was a giant strike, like a giant check mark for Billy because he got away with it. Mm -hmm. Like 
there's a there's a there's a little like indication well, actually, they were like he could have done absolutely yeah. nothing yeah. i thought it was worth mentioning yeah no but i think it's wow. true no it is yeah like i think that that's like a a big issue but i'm gonna let steven go and see if i even need to do a tiebreaker first uh, you know, it took me three times to get through the bad seed. I was <laughs> um, I, uh, I did like the drunk character. Uh, I was here for her. Uh, like, you no, know, you're getting me through this. Um, <laughs> she was all of us watching that. Movie. <laughs> you know, spoilers, anyone who hasn't seen this, and a lot of you probably won't watch it. Um, when she dies from getting electrocuted from a bolt of <laughs> lightning, I was like, I'm out. Okay. <laughs> I was like, well, that handled itself nicely. <laughs> and American Psycho, I think I'm going to save a lot of the discussions because, you know, this was a college film for Ooh. me that came yeah, out yeah. and kind of just like, oh, wow. Um, you can make characters that are not likable, enjoyable. Um, and that was kind of like a, a thing to me in college. Just like, oh, I thought all characters had to be charismatic and, you know, likable none of the characters in that film are likable um that's so true not I truly enjoyed it but yeah you know, i'm gonna save the meat and potatoes for later so i okay more American so Psycho. yeah matt matt kelly gonna have to do a tiebreaker here i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna i don't really have a major horse in either one of these like the, neither one of them is someone who i really think is going to make it much further in this um just for for various reasons, but I, I'm going to give it to Patrick Bateman for right now for the, the dumbest right decision, Matt. for the <laughs> dumbest reason imaginable. But if not for American Psycho, we would not have gotten one of my favorite funnier die sketches, which is Huey Lewis doing the entire speech about yeah. the movie American Psycho <laughs> yeah. before killing Weird Al Yankovic for parodying <laughs> "I Want a New Drug." All right, you guys, and there we have it. We are now whittled down to the top 16. Can I ask a question? Because there's there's actually a serial killer who I'm shocked isn't on here. Oh, okay. And, and only because I feel like I if it, is, it is the most brutal killer I've ever seen in cinema. Go for it. The Poughkeepsie tapes? Oof. Okay, yeah, no, maybe we should have done. That's actually one we might have just overlooked. I had another one the other day that I can't remember now that I was like, how did we not put uh, that on the list? But you know what? I can one. tell you that had that wasn't on the list, that didn't even come onto my yeah. radar. I can tell you that Good if one. Marissa had suggested it, that would have been one that I asked. Okay. Because I don't think the Poughkeepsie tapes is worth the hype that everybody thinks it is. I, so here's the thing. I don't think my argument with the Poughkeepsie tapes has always been it was an underrated movie when no one could see it. Right, right. <laughs> then everyone saw it, and then it became kind of an overrated movie. But regardless of the quality of the film, if you're just looking yeah, at that character strictly for yeah. what he is as a serial that's, killer, that's a he is the yeah. most terrifying serial killer they've ever crafted. Uh, there were a couple misses. Like, anybody else think of any other ones that we missed? I think we did. Yeah, I, I mean, I have one that I think, you know, listeners will be screaming weren't on the list, and it's the fantastic... Uh, truly underrated Dr. Giggles. <laughs> oh, Dr. I agree. Giggles. Oh, Dr. Giggles would go far oh, in the Matt Kelly room. Guys, that's such a swing and a miss. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm embarrassed. Of I freaking, those movies used to scare the poop out of me when I was a kid, too. I don't know why. Oh, my God. Dr. Giggles. Yeah. Man, if I, if I could add another bracket right now. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Let us know what we missed, you guys. There's definitely... There were a lot that we we had to right. whittle down, which was hard as it was, because there were a couple we cut that I was like devastated. And you know what's funny? When the idea first came up, our thought was, can we even come up with 32 non-supernatural 
serial killers. Like when we were just really bouncing around ideas, we're like, can we even come up with 32? And I handed it to Marissa because she pulled a bunch of this out of her head. And because <laughs> at that point, it's either, okay, we've got 50 on the list. Do we whittle it down to 32? Or add 14. Or add more and do, but we learned our lesson oh, a long oh, time ago. We'll never do 64 again because that was grueling. That was absolutely grueling. Yeah. So, that's amazing that Marissa pulled them out of her, her head because like all the ones I came up with, I was sending you on messenger were totally pulled out of my ass. So it was, <laughs> there's I, a difference in how we think. <laughs> I know. And you know what? Like I, I kept thinking there were ones I was missing and then Jackie jumped right in and gave a lot of these too. So I think Marissa, so- you're no Jackie though. It's not, I don't want to have to knock you down a peg on the show, but I, I mean, yeah, if I, no. if I do, I will. <laughs> Enjoy God's work, people. Uh, we hope you guys have enjoyed the first round of our 32 bracket March Madness. Uh, join us next time. We're hitting the Sweet 16, but before we go, we want to thank our guests, oh my gosh, thank you. Matt and so Stephen. Obviously, all the links to all of your podcasts and your endeavors and social medias will be listed below in the episode notes along with our bracket of 32 so all y'all can play along at home yeah but please tell us matt kelly tell us where we can find you uh i mean geekscape.net is pretty much a catch-all for all of it um i i am working on a possible sixth weekly show Jeez, um, i don't know what yeah I, I i don't um <laughs> but yeah i mean horror movie night is probably the one that would the the most listeners would care about um but i i love the shit out of doing one hit thunder so definitely check out one hit thunder if you have and if you love obscure one hit wonder discussion boy do i have a show (laughs) (laughs) and steven where can we find you uh, you can listen to us at Analog Jones and the Temple of Film. We are a podcast that does VHS. Uh, we are on hiatus right now, but we'll be back in the spring um, or summer, I, whatever you consider, whenever that change is over. <laughs> and if you'd like to complain about my choices, you can email us at analogjonestof at gmail.com. I might have to before the show's over. Or All complain right. on our Facebook page. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for coming out. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Network.